Part Five, Chapter Nineteen of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Dole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Nineteen. Pierre, on the day of his wife's arrival at Moscow, had made up his mind to take a journey somewhere so as to avoid being with her. Then, when the Rostovs came to Moscow, the impression produced upon him by Natasha made him hasten to carry out his intention. He went to Tver to see Iosip Alexievich's widow, who had some time since promised to put into his hands her husband's papers. On Pierre's return to Moscow, a letter was handed him from Marya Dmitrievna, who urged him to come and consult with her on some highly important business concerning Andrei Bolkonsky and his betrothed. Pierre had avoided Natasha. It seemed to him that he felt for her a sentiment stronger than was justifiable for a married man to harbor for his friend's mistress, and some perverse fate was constantly throwing them together. "'What can have happened, and what can it have to do with me?' he wondered, while dressing to go to Marya Dmitrievna's. "'It is high time for Prince Andrei to be back and marry her,' thought Pierre, as he set out for Mrs. Akrasimova's. On the Tversky Boulevard someone hailed him. "'Pierre, been back long?' cried a well-known voice. Pierre raised his head. It was Anatole and his inseparable companion, Makarin, dashing by in a double sledge, drawn by two grey trotters, that sent the snow flinging over the dasher. Anatole sat bolt upright, in the classic pose of dashing warriors, with his neck muffled in a beaver collar, and bending his head a little. His face was fresh and ruddy. His hat, with a white plume, was set jauntily on one side, exposing his curled and pomaded hair, dusted with fine snow. Indeed, he's a real philosopher, thought Pierre. He sees nothing beyond the enjoyment of the actual moment. Nothing annoys him, and consequently he is always jolly, self-satisfied, and calm. What would I give to be like him, thought Pierre, with a feeling of envy. In the anteroom of the Akrasimovas, a footman, who relieved Pierre of his shuba, told him that Maria Dmitrievna would receive him in her own room. As he passed through the music-room, Pierre caught sight of Natasha sitting by the window, with a strange expression of disdain on her pale, thin face. She gave him a glance, and frowned, and, with an expression of chilling dignity, left the room. "'What has happened?' asked Pierre, on entering Marya Dmitrievna's room. "'Pretty state of affairs,' replied Marya Dmitrievna. Fifty-eight years I have lived in this world, and I never saw anything so shameful.' And then, receiving Pierre's word of honor that he would keep secret what he should hear, Marya Dmitrievna confided to him that Natasha had broken her engagement with Prince Andrei without the knowledge of her parents, that the cause of this break was Anatole Kuragin, whom Pierre's wife had introduced to her, and with whom she had promised to elope during her father's absence in order to enter into a clandestine marriage. Pierre, with shoulders raised and mouth opened, listened to Marya Dmitrievna's story, not believing his own ears, that Prince Andrei's betrothed, that hitherto lovely Natasha Rostova, so passionately beloved, should give up Bolkonsky for that fool of an Anatole, who was a married man, for Pierre was in the secret of his marriage, and so be enamoured of him as to consent to elope with him, Pierre could not comprehend and could not imagine. Natasha's sweetness of character, he had known her since childhood, could not, in his mind, be associated with this new suggestion of baseness, folly, and cruelty in her. He remembered his own wife. They are all alike, he said to himself, 
thinking that he was not the only one who had had the misfortune to be in the toils of an unworthy woman and at the same time he could have wept for his friend prince andrei to whose pride it would be such a grievous blow and the more he grieved for his friend the greater scorn and even aversion he felt for natasha who had just passed by him with such an expression of haughty dignity in the music-room he could not know that natasha's soul was full to overflowing of despair shame and humiliation and that she was not to blame for her face expressing from very despair that cold dignity and disdain but how could he marry her exclaimed pierre catching at marya dmitrievna's last word he could not marry her he already has a wife worse and worse exclaimed marya dmitrievna fine young man what a dastard he is and she has been waiting here these two days for him to come at any rate she must cease expecting him we must tell her when she learned from pierre all the details of anatole's marriage and had poured out the vials of her wrath against him in abusive words marya dmitrievna explained to pierre why she had asked him to call upon her she was afraid that the count or bolkonsky who was liable to return at any moment might learn of the affair in spite of all her efforts to keep it a profound secret and might challenge kuragin to a duel and therefore she besought him to add his influence to hers in getting him to leave town and never show himself in her presence again pierre willingly agreed to fulfil her wishes since now he for the first time realized the danger threatening the old count and nikolai and prince andrei having preferred her request in short and precise terms she took him back into the drawing-room mind you the count knows nothing of this you must pretend that you also know nothing about it said she and i am going this instant to tell her that she is to cease expecting him and stay to dinner if you will shouted back marya dmitrievna to pierre pierre met the old count he was disturbed and annoyed that morning natasha had told him that she had broken her engagement with bolkonsky too bad too bad mon cher said he to pierre too bad for these girls to be away from their mother how sorry i am that i ever came at all i am going to be frank with you she has already broken her engagement without telling any one of us about it now i will admit that i never have been overpleased at this engagement i will agree that he is a fine man and all that but what would you have there would not be much happiness if the father was opposed and natasha would not lack chances of getting married still the affair has gone on so long and to have such a step taken without consulting father or mother and now she's sick and god knows what's the matter it's a bad thing count a bad thing for daughters to be without their mother pierre perceived that the count was very much disconcerted and he tried to bring the conversation round to other topics but the count kept returning to his grievance sonya with anxious face came into the drawing-room natasha is not very well to-day she is in her room but she would like to see you marya dmitrievna is with her and would also like you to come yes certainly you and bolkonsky were good friends she probably wants to send some message said the count ugh my god my god how good it all was and tearing at his thin locks the count left the room marya dmitrievna had been explaining to natasha how anatole was married natasha refused to believe her and demanded to have confirmation of it from pierre himself sonya confided this to pierre as they passed along the corridor toward natasha's room natasha pale and stern was sitting next to marya dmitrievna 
the moment pierre entered the doorway she met him with feverishly glittering wildly imploring eyes she did not smile she did not even greet him with a nod she only looked at him eagerly and her eyes merely demanded if he came as her friend or like all the rest as her enemy in reference to anatole pierre in his own personality as pierre did not exist for her he knows all about it said marya dmitrievna indicating pierre and addressing natasha let him tell you if i am not speaking the truth natasha as a wounded animal at bay glares at the dogs and huntsmen approaching looked first at the one and then at the other natalia ilyanichna pierre began dropping his eyes and experiencing a feeling of compunction for her and of aversion to the operation which he was obliged to perform it is true whether this is true or not true as far as you are concerned it cannot matter because then it is not true that he is married nay it is true has he been married for some time she asked on your word of honour pierre gave her his solemn word of honour is he still in town she asked hurriedly yes i have just seen him the effort to say more was evidently too much for her and she made them a sign with her hand to leave her alone End of chapter nineteen